Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. And welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the only living person in Midsummer's County. Across from the pond. <laughs> what? What? Across from the pond is Mr. Ah. Parascience himself, Steve Parsons. <laughs> Sorry, your introductions get better every week. Good afternoon, Ron. How are you? Good. You can say evening because we are UK based. Good. good. Uh, that's well, why we do it in the afternoon. Good, good. I see you're still a big fan of Midsummer Murders, then. I am. absolutely loved it. I just picked up uh, three more DVDs to watch with my lovely St. Janet. Ah, well, you see, you, you have... Uh, we send you Midsummer Murders, and you send us Lizard Lick Towing. Oh, my God, don't go there. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed a- for the American people. <laughs> It's unmissable television. We watch it every morning, and uh, oh, although I've I've, so I've been I've been learning about uh, Boston, uh, ready for Spirit Quest by watching uh, this old house with Stephen Norm. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a decent show. I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah, well, that man can't but go with it anyway. With a with a, a woodwork shop isn't worth doing. You know, I, I used to do woodworking as well as, as my own, my manufacturing company ended up in uh, doing a lot of woodworking and manufacturing. So, uh, yeah, I know quite a bit about it, actually. Did you have the plaid shirts? Oh, are you kidding me? I had I have tons of flannel shirts, absolutely, absolutely tons of them. I still have them. I still wear them. Then I went to shirt, and in the summertime, it's a, it was used to be a pocket tee, but uh, no, the pocket tee days are gone. So, uh, anyway, so we uh, have been to uh, Niagara Falls. Paranormal Fashion Week. Yep. You are listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and far beyond. Have you ever been to uh, Niagara Falls? Uh, no, but I have, strangely enough, I have, I've seen Niagara Falls, but I've never been there. I once flew over it at 5,000 feet. Oh, well, that don't even count. Well, it's probably closer than a lot of people. And at least yeah, I was I've dry. been there, uh, I've been there like three or four times, so it's, it's, it's an awesome place. And we have a, a young lady on the line now, and she does, uh, Niagara's ghost walks, which is really cool. Um, do, you, do you... Let me see. Linda, are you there? I'm here. Well, Hi, thank guys. You. Hi. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. Now, I, I mentioned I've been there like three or four times, and I'm sorry to say I haven't taken your ghost tour, but most of the times I went there, in fact, all the times I went there was before I was really interested in any ghosty things and stuff. So, uh, 
you know, there's there's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. But uh, it, it sounds absolutely interesting because uh, that's one of the, the first ghost tour, and the only ghost story I ever took was in Williamsburg, Virginia. So I imagine the ones up at Niagara Falls have got to be awesome with all the, the the stories and everything up around that area. Oh, there's so many of them as well um, with the falls and, of course, the, you know, which I learned while I was researching this, Niagara Falls generates um, naturally more negative ions than anywhere else in the world. Even more than Stephen? <laughs> From, this is what I read, hey, but then no, again, no, you know. Linda um, is about to make a very valid point, Ron. Sit tight. This is physics. Go, Linda. Okay. Go and um, and as far back as you know, recorded um, history here in Niagara, and when the the native people um, were predominantly the the only residents in the area, they believed very strongly that these powers could have different effects on different types of people. Um, interestingly enough. Uh, many of the people that experienced them have been led to jump over the falls. Um, really? Yeah, e- either with a hope to survive it or or actually taking their own life. And so down by the falls, there's a lot of energy, a lot of paranormal energy, and just a lot of energy. Um, it, as I said, it affects different people in different ways. But when you were in the falls, if you probably you felt some of that energy. I think you do. I really think you cannot. But uh, let me ask Stephen about this ion thing. Stephen, uh, have you ever heard of that? I mean, do you think it would have an effect on paranormal activity? Well, I it's, it's certainly something that's been um, considered because there has been some very limited research that's been conducted that does seem to suggest that people's psychic abilities uh, are affected by the an increase in the amount of negative ion energy uh, within the environment that was that was put uh, based on some some research a number of years ago um, the researcher himself i mean the research is is contested um, but there is there is some limited research that does seem to indicate a link between negative ion uh, energy and an increase in paranormal activity to the extent where um, a lot of paranormal groups have used ion pumps or ion flood devices um, in order Mm -hmm. to be able to change the environment the local environment within haunted locations to make it conducive to paranormal activity Uh, so it's it's a theory that's that's current that's doing the rounds um, the evidence for it, the jury is still out on, but it's something that we mm-hmm. shouldn't dismiss without testing. So it's a very valid point that Linda makes. Something, you know, uh, negative ions are generated by large bodies of water, um, by lightning bolts, by that sort of activity. And something the size of Niagara Falls is going to generate a huge amount of negative ion uh, negative air ions uh, within the environment surrounding it. But equally, of course, for every negative ion, you must have a positive. So there must also be uh, surrounding Niagara. There must also be huge concentrations of positive ions, too. Absolutely. And you know what? Let me just clarify that a little bit as far as it it goes here. I think that um, what is widely um, believed here in Niagara Falls 
and, and being written about, I mean, by people such as Charles Dickens and different authors who have visited over the years, is that the, the ions tend to pull certain people um, in life in a different direction. There are certain people that are faced with the ions. I had a, a guy I knew growing up with, and we all went down to the falls and spent a lot of time down there and, and meditated or did whatever, watched the people. And he actually watched and was down there so often that he said one day, you know, two fingers just seemed to come out of the mist to beckon him. And that was actually his cue to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Um, really? Fortunately, he was one of the nine successful um, people that that attempted that mm-hmm. sort of a stunt. Yeah, so it actually, and, and many people have said that it has drawn them to actually want to jump in. Well, I, I it is uh, certainly uh, breathtaking uh, when you, you get there. You are drawn to it, uh, whether it's the ions or something else, but you're certainly drawn to it. But, I mean, that, that whole area has so much history, and including uh, a lot of... A, with our friends across the pond there, the the Brits. I mean, there you know there were battles. Fort Niagara is 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 a huge uh, fort there on on the American side. And uh, do you have stories about these areas? And and are there colonial ghosts and and redcoat ghosts there? Uh, not so much in in Niagara Falls. There's quite a few Niagara on the Lakeway. Okay. Uh, we have we have stories about uh, Brits across the pond for sure, and um, and some spirits that have been seen. Uh, you see, in the early days of Niagara Falls, and I tend to focus more on when it was a collection of towns, so it was established as far as um, uh, some sort of a population goes. Uh, it tended to. Uh, so we're starting with um, the the beginning of tourism here in the fall. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, it tended to attract rather odd characters from all over the globe mm-hmm. um, for various reasons. Some of them said that, and there, there's most of them actually said that the falls would come to them, whether it was in their dreams, in their thoughts, and just pull them so that they wanted to, um, they felt that their destiny lies somewhere here in Niagara Falls. And so we had an odd collection of characters from all over the globe visit Niagara Falls trying to make fame or fortune or just following um, a, a force that they really were unable to explain. Mm-hmm. And, of and course, t- Tesla was one, and he actually won the uh, contract for... Uh, uh, to produce electricity with alternating current there in Niagara Falls as well. Absolutely, and we share a birthday. So. Do you really? Mm-hmm. That is cool. That is really cool because there's, there's a man I really respect was uh, Tesla. So much. he made very good. Yeah. But uh, anyway, can I just clarify, uh, Linda? Are you on the Canadian side of the of the Niagara, um, or on the American side? I'm on the Canadian because, side. Okay. I just, want, I just wanted to clarify whether we were uh, whether we were dealing with the Canadian towns or whether we were dealing with the you know, the American side of the falls. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I'm on the Canadian side, but I look at the American side every day. Yeah, <laughs> living in Canada. Yeah, I mean, you can, you like cannot. Living, I was going to say, living in Canada, uh, it's rather like living next door to a noisy neighbour, isn't it? Having America so close. 
Actually, <laughs> the, the Canadian site in Niagara Falls is much noisier than uh, no, the American no, site. <laughs> don't. don't. Uh-huh. We're supposed to be on the same side, Linda. <laughs> no. Oh, we are. We are. I don't know. They wanted to. We have. Um, we have we more casinos, have I guess. That might be what it is, right? Yeah, we still have a queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they've kind of broken away too. It's not the same empire. Remember that. No, no. So, anyways, to... Linda. Go ahead. I was going to say all we have to Go do ahead, is send Stephen. Prince William. All we have to do is send Prince William over. That's right. Oh, my goodness, that's right. You can change diapers. That's not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's something we have in common. But, Linda, um, Niagara on the Falls, it's it's making a claim, isn't it, as is it Canada's most haunted town? Well, you know, and here I'm a local. In the daytime as well, I'm a tour guide. So... I I have a little bit of knowledge of that. Niagara-on-the-Lake makes the claim, and I have done um, some ghost walks in Niagara-on-the-Lake, that it's Canada's most haunted town. And I guess as far as towns go, that could very possibly be true. There is a lot of spirit activity there, and and of course it is a, a battle zone, or was a battle zone, and, and near the river and the lake. But... Um, you know what, I'm biased, I guess, because I've grown up in Niagara Falls and I've done research in both areas. And I certainly would think with the amount of people down by the water, which is where I'm focused um, going over, there, there's been a lot lot more lives and, and restless spirits down here right in Niagara Falls. But. Would you like to tell us about a, you know, a couple of them, at least, uh, at least uh, what's going on in that side? Yeah, you want to hear a few stories? Absolutely. Okay, well, you know what? I'll start with one real quick because this might um, appeal to people that are any any Stephen King fans uh, out there, but... um, which isn't on my tour, but we have a spot here in Niagara Falls called the Screaming Tunnels. And as a matter of fact, uh, when they were making the movie based on the Stephen King novel, The Dead Zone... Mm -hmm. Uh, they were filming in Niagara on the Lake, but for the for the really creepy scene, they wanted somewhere local that actually did have some spirit activity going on, and they chose this screaming tunnels. You can see it um, in the movie uh, for uh, Christopher Walken to run through and oh, and all that. It. But um, that's probably uh, attracts more ghost hunters. Um, singularly, because it's a little off the beaten path. It's just an old, um, not a very long. Tunnel, mm-hmm. and um, and I've done this many times and taken people in, and it's actually true to the claim. You walk into the tunnel, and you can hear um, you can hear what sounds if you go in at midnight. And and I was a skeptic at first too, but you can actually hear what sounds like a little girl crying. And it um, doesn't matter if you have a candle, a lantern, or whatever else. Immediately upon entering, it just um, it, it extinguishes itself. And apparently the story is there was a fire at a farmhouse uh, uh, back in the 1800s. The little girl ran through there, and actually she was on fire, and she lost her life in that tunnel. And mm-hmm. uh, that's been a favorite of ghost hunters and paranormal investigators for many years. Uh, 
but so which you can actually visit on mm-hmm. if you watch the movie. So that's kind of interesting. You see quite a few of haunted places uh, between Niagara Falls and Niagara on the Lake on the Dead Zone uh, movie. I'm more interested for my ghost walk in taking yep. people down down to the water, not necessarily right by the falls, uh, a little bit downriver where everybody actually lived. It was more popular when tourism began because it was by the train station. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so all these characters lived down there, and you know what? Many of them, many of them haunt the streets. And although I'm not probably not aware of even a fraction of the spirits that are down um, in that area, just growing up in Niagara Falls and being a ghost hunter since, well, since I could get out of the house, I guess, I'm aware of some of them. And it does seem that these spirits are all people that experience that draw to the water. That they wanted to become one with the water. So, do you think it's almost this, almost like the salmon who who goes great lengths to reproduce? What is is the same way as like the old people went there to die? Uh, I, a lot of them went there to conquer. Uh, maybe not necessarily. You know, uh, what do they call that? Parasuicidal. I mean, you know, you. you some of them go to die. Some, and many of them went to die. Many of them thought it was a very beautiful. It seemed to them deceivingly beautiful. I can tell you, I've seen somebody go over the falls. There's oh. really nothing beautiful about it. No. Uh, you, you know, but it, but to them, it would seem that way, and um, and that they could be one with the falls and and just sort of stay there for eternity, and um, and that's their belief. Yeah, we actually have a uh, question from the uh, Tojanet chat room from Jamie, and he, he's asked, do you think the water can be haunted? I mean, if people were killed or going over the falls or jumped in the falls, uh, would their spirits still be in the water? Many of question. them are. Many of them are. There is an incredible amount of paranormal activity. Um, and as I said, I'm not aware of who all these people were in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's always part of what I'm doing. I'm always investigating. But, yes, because, I mean, we have 100 people a year go over, maybe. You know, we don't even know the extent of it. We, oh, and wow. some of them we never recover. Um, they go over. They slipped over. They, they could have been murdered and thrown over, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a, and uh, or, or they could have gone over intentionally on their own. So, oh, absolutely. And, and you feel it, and, and you know all sorts of things happen on our ghost walks down there. Um, you know, just different things involving like the energy was, or the spirit. Give us oh, an God. example. Give you an example. We mm-hmm. and this only happens on the ghost walk, which is sort of neat. There's a there's a I think a gym on the street. There's a few things, but we go we round one street. Very um, probably considered the street that has the the most popular, I would say, haunted uh, building, abandoned building there. And there's quite a bit of history just on this one little block. And the minute that our ghost walks around the corner, the lights just go, the street lights just go haywire. Really? Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't happen any other time. And so, of course, I, doing this every evening, I start to notice this. And, I, you know, it, me being a researcher and a bit of a historian, I start to say, okay, who's trying to tell, tell me something here? And um, so I've actually contacted a, a, a paranormal investigation team that I'm 
I'm aware of, and they're going to be coming down at some point um, to see if they can shed some more light on it. But it, and pictures, we, um, I mean, the people that take the pictures, of course, of course, there's orbs, and that's one thing. But we've had actually pictures uh, turn up full figures. Really? Yeah, yeah. At particularly in one place. Um, along the way, and actually, I talk about it. It's an old hotel. It's abandoned. But um, actually, the bartender in the saloon uh, manager there was the first man to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Well, I wonder if alcohol was involved in that. <laughs> but and anyway, I mean, so how long have you, you been you doing never, You never know. Well, he was one that from London, England. He said the falls came in his dreams. Oh, and that explains That he it. needed to come and fulfill his destiny in life. So. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, I would have to ask is, is how long have you been doing this? And, and do you consistently, you know, you know, see things that make you go, hmm. Consistently, yeah. And, I mean, I've been tour guiding ghost hunting since I was a little girl. I've been tour guiding for 30 years. Um, I've been doing this particular uh, ghost walk. This will be um, my fourth year. And, uh, yeah, consistently. And part of the fun about that is, is, you know, for me being a researcher, is that it's quite interactive on my walk. So a lot of times while I'm talking and I'm, you know, paying attention to the group dynamics, I'm encouraging the group to make their own observations. So a lot of the things that um, that we note are from the group themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, hey, it, if we can get into a backyard and go and explore further, we do that. Mm-hmm. I'm so if somebody was interested... Sort of... Go ahead. No, I... I... Uh, Linda's, um, Linda's really sort of intriguing me with with these claims that uh, you know the the lights flicker on a nightly basis that photographs have been taken. Linda, do you have a website that we can maybe link to and go and ha- go take a look at some of these these pictures, uh, some of the the accounts from the ghost walks? Yeah, I do have a, a website. I have um, it's negraghostwalks dot com. And a lot of the, the commentary um, happens on my Facebook page, which is also Negro Ghost Walks. Okay. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put a link up to that then. Yep. Uh, it's actually on, on a couple of the pages that I, I oh, took care of. So okay. it's, yeah, so it, it is there. But so, I mean, it, I was, that was actually my question is, you know, if people wanted to, to go on a ghost tour. And, and I mean, explain what, what a ghost tour is, a walking tour. How, how does, I mean, how, how do you do it? That's, that's, I guess, the best way to do it. Is it are, they, are they guided with narration? Is it interactive? Uh, how, how, how do you handle them? I suppose them? Um, everybody has a, has a bit of a different uh, style with it. I... Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate in that I'm running my own walk, and I don't really need to do a whole lot of acting in order mm-hmm. to make it exciting. It's it's right there. So, you know, I definitely have the stages already set for me. And it is interactive, absolutely. We encourage people to bring cameras and, and to, to explore, and um, very interactive uh, 
And we walk, yeah, we walk. We don't go into a lot of buildings, although I can tell you if a door's open in an abandoned building, sometimes mm-hmm. we peek our heads in. Um, but, um, and that's what happens. It's just, I, I do spend a lot of time talking uh, about the, the history, the stories of the spirits, you know, in life, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that that's something, that's, I feel like that's an obligation. I think that they want people to, uh, to understand, uh, maybe, you know, who, who they were. Mm-hmm. And, and so I do a lot of research um, in that arena. There's one. Hopefully, there's one, I bring um, them right back. I've got a bit of a delay tonight, but there's one that's fascinating me, Linda, that I've got to ask about because it's something I've never ever encountered before, which is a haunted wedding. Can you uh, can you enlighten me? A haunted <laughs> wedding sounds fantastic. Well, you know, no, it is probably not the most common uh, uh, venue for for uh, exchanging nuptials, but uh, we are in Niagara Falls. In Niagara Falls, I guess you could say it's like a mini Vegas. There's wedding chapels, you know, and we have that sort of um, honeymoon capital atmosphere and love is in the air. And you know what? A lot of people enjoy that and not just uh, enjoy the being around something that's more historical, maybe less honky-tonk and... and um, yeah, so they're they're invited on a um, a ghost walk prior to the the wedding that focuses on um, on couples, you know, on stories about couples and some history there, and um, and they have a number of uh, locations where they can choose to uh, tie the knot, and we have a I wonderful presume, I, uh, gal. I presume with the living, of course. And, yeah, that's it. And then they're going to have more witnesses than they than they counted on, I guess. Right? No, I, I love this. We try, strap we line. try and end up with a happy spirit, though. Yeah, love your special. I love the strapline. Love your special someone to death. <laughs> that's so fantastic. <laughs> so I've never ever encountered before this haunted wedding. But there's nothing wrong with being creative, right? No, no not at all. It's it's. It's it's a fantastic idea. I wish, I wish uh, my own weddings had been quite so uh, haunted. Yeah. Yeah. So, Linda, I know that we're we're coming up onto the the break, and uh, the one thing I, I did want to ask you: Did you ever have a, you know, have someone in the tour that uh, was probably a medium or a psychic and uh, was? ended up giving you information in regards to a particular place on a tour? Yes, I, I have. I've had more than more than one person do that just recently. I had a group of uh, ladies who who were psychic came down from a bit uh, northern Ontario, and, um, and uh, you know, they gave me quite a bit of information. They were great with the picture taking. I still have to put those up on my on my site and and mentioned a name but now there's my job to to have to go back and at a certain spot in the tour a name that there was somebody Oops. named Linda we have to take a break right now that's the tunes letting us know so um if you can hold on we'll we can uh, we'll uh like to hear a little bit more about that after the break if you don't mind all right certainly uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet Parax Ghost Channel Beyond uh, with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick, our special guests, 
has been Linda Jones, and we'll be of Niagara Ghost Walks, and we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. delay again have i hello okay you're on uh, now oh i'm on now well it was I, I've, I've done the intro yeah. so w- welcome back to ghost chronicles international on Toginet, power x ghost channel and beyond the grave with the lovely van helsink and me uh, mr parascience with the terrible skype delay oh that might have been me too i don't know anyways our special guest is uh <laughs> marie um excuse me linda jones from the Niagara Ghost Walks, and uh, just before the break, I asked you about if you had any mediums on the tours and what type of information they gave you. Absolutely, there there was a spot, there was a spot um, on the tour that um, 
and it, they seem to all of a sudden, a few of them in the group sense the same thing at the same time. So, of course, you take note of that. And um, one of them said that there was a spirit here that had either died on the spot or killed themselves, and, and his name was Jason. So, of course, going and my job is to go and try and backtrack and, and to ask locals to archive the news in the, the library, you know, to if I can shed any light on that. But um, that happens all the time. We get a lot of uh, sensitives and mediums on the and, and paranormal teams on the ghost walk. I, I think that's interesting uh, that you would have paranormal teams on the ghost walk. Uh, I think that's, I don't know, it just uh, seems like an oxymoron, really. Um, it does, doesn't it? But you know what? It, it, it complements it, um, really, because... Because I can provide the history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, just with my knowledge of the area, just, you know, it really, if you have a, if you have a good storyteller, a good uh, um, and factual history, uh, that can shed a lot of light on, on some of these things as well. I don't um, think and while I'm speaking, I can't fun. always be investigating. Right. So, Steve, what were you saying? I was going to say, I don't think it's that unusual to find ghost hunters on ghost walks because uh, where I live is really? a tourist area. Oh, I live in a tourist area also, and uh, two of our local towns have ghost uh, ghost walks. And I, all, of the, all of my friends, uh, people who visit with an interest in the paranormal, uh, go on the ghost walks for entertainment and for uh, you know to learn more about the, the area they're visiting and staying in. Um, it's a fantastic way of learning quickly the local history, the local ghost lore, um, and it's also a great night out in many cases. So, yeah, ghost hunters go on ghost walks all the time here in the UK. Huh. I mean, but, I mean, some of these ghost walks, I mean, uh, how factual are they? That would be the question. I, uh, you know, oh, Liz, well. uh, Linda sounds like, <laughs> Linda at least sounds like she does the research on it, but, you know... Uh, some of these other ones you never know. I, I, I think I think there's always an element, and I'm sure Linda won't mind me saying, I'm sure there's always an element of storytelling because part of the ghost walk idea, the concept, is also entertainment. Not everybody is there to hunt for the ghosts. A lot of people, you know, ghosts are thrilling, they're exciting, everybody loves a scary story, and I, I think you've got to be a storyteller um, you've got to you've got to be able to to you, you can't just ghost hunting's boring. We we all know that we uh, we've all experienced the boring <laughs> no, side of ghost hunting. You've got to be a storyteller. Is, am, am I right, Linda? Yeah, and, and I'm fortunate here that honestly, it, it, like I said, the backdrop with the falls and all these crazy characters that have come make it very easy for me. Uh, to do that without even embellishing. I mean, some of this stuff you just can't, couldn't make up for actually, but, yeah, you, but so you know, I'm it's in a good location for that. You know, what's interesting is I saw a show just uh, the other day. It was a documentary on on Niagara Falls, and, and they talked about this uh, young lady and a little boy, and a little boy actually went over the falls with just a life jacket on and survived. And uh, he's the only, I believe, is the only one that'd be able to do that without a, a thing. And the well, little... no, <laughs> no, he was. 
And we would call that. Now, I actually met him. Um, he has revisited. He's an, he's an insurance salesman in Florida presently, but he visits back here in the area, and he goes to the churches and speaks, and I you know, didn't miss like the opportunity to, like to go and listen. Hey? Does he set life insurance Steven? for life preservers? Have I got a really good uh, You got it, them? yeah. That and a preacher. I guess the two complement <laughs> one another. But, <laughs> but, he, um, but um, since then, and they, they said that, you know, the reason why he probably survived that, he did have a life jacket on, was he right. was so light at seven years old that he, you know, just kind of floated on top of, uh, top of the water. But here is something that has happened in the last five years that has never happened before, which I'm still amazed and wondering why it uh, has happened, is that, um, is that uh, two people, two men, that um, wanted to take their own lives mm-hmm. have um, actually jumped and gone over and not succeeded in doing so, found themselves at the bottom still very much alive. Really? Yeah. One of them is on YouTube. He, you can see it. He he lost his clothes, but he didn't lose his life. And, and there <laughs> he is down at the bottom. And, you know, and he wanted to, to die so much that when the helicopter, the firemen came, he, he was he was swimming away from them. But we had a good helicopter pilot that was able to get down low enough and um, and actually basically blew him to shore right into the firefighter's hands. So, Okay. So anything you uh, want to add, uh, Linda, before we let you go? Uh, no, just I hope that uh, everybody gets a chance, especially <clears throat> from over the ditch there. You, you need to um, get down here sometime. I have a lot of people from uh, from over there that have been on the walks. And, mm-hmm. and once again, this is the uh, Niagara Ghost Walks. Is that the Niagara title? Ghost Walks, correct. Right. And the website is NiagaraGhostWalks.com. Well, Linda, we want to thank you so much for coming on, and uh, it was interesting, especially I didn't know at all about the, the, someone that actually survived. That's, wow, that's amazing. Well, and, there and you a, go, and you know what? Check it out on YouTube afterwards. So, Linda, thank you t- for taking time out of your day and uh, joining us, and uh, you have a great day now. No problem. You gents as well. Yeah, bye thank now. Thank you very much. That's a cool place. But anyways, uh, we have a brand new Beyond Bazaar, so it's time for us to play that. So um, let her rip. Stone's Public House. Numerous stories of ghostly encounters surround Stone's Public House in Ashland, Massachusetts. The Inn and Pub was built in 1834 by John Stone and still serves as a restaurant and pub today. The assistant manager of Stone's tells a tale of being alone in the pub one night, finishing up the day's duties and having a sudden feeling of terror. Then, a handful of bird seeds fell through the holes in the ceiling, rattling to his newly mopped floor. Other staffers report water faucets turning on by themselves and numerous patrons say they have felt someone tapping on their shoulder only to find no one behind them when they turned around. A noted hypnotist and parapsychologist, Ralph Bebo, visited the inn numerous times, and he says that there are at least six, possibly seven, different ghosts that dwell there. 
Bebo says that Stone himself accidentally killed a boarder in 1845 and tried to cover up the murder. The other spirits were accomplices or witnesses to Stone's crime. Having sworn to keep Stone's crime a secret while they were alive, they are still bound to the pub in death. A terrifying tale from Barla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar. I was just, um, I've never heard of parapsychologist Ralph Bebo. Really? Yeah, really. Why, well, he's well known in the land of Valaventura. He's not well known in the world of parapsychology, though. What was his name again? Uh, Ralph Bebo. Mm, I will check into that and get back to you. So well, anyways, uh, anyway. Yep. Anyways, I have my paranormal study group tonight and I will be taking on the new uh Ouija board out for a spin. Yeah, how's it going with that? Pressure. I haven't touched it. Um, this is the night. Oh, this is the you night. You keep teasing me week after week with this ultraviolet Ouija board of yours. You keep saying yeah, next week, yeah, next I'm week, a- next week. No, it's this is the day. It's the third Tuesday of the month. Every third Tuesday of the month, I paranormal study group meets at the Circles of Wisdom in Andover, and uh, I'm going to take it out for a spin. So I'm I'm psyched about it. So if you're not here next week or you're not on Facebook tomorrow, we all know it went badly wrong. No, no, no. So anyway, play with Ouija boards. They're bad things. Hmm. People people can get into terrible really? trouble. Well, you've seen paranormal activity. I, I, I never heard of that. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the movie The Exorcist. Yeah, which is based, yeah, we're about which it. Is based upon a real, real, uh, an, a real account of a possession, uh, which was associated yeah, yeah. with the use well, of I mean, Ouija board. So they say. I mean, you know, there's well, no I, such thing as ghosts. Well, so. The ca- well, there's an awful lot of uh, people who say that you shouldn't dabble with Ouija boards. That's absolutely correct. That's so, what they say. You know, I, 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 you know it's, it's something you and in I reality, might, might have. In reality, Stephen, to... what's it? Stephen, Sorry, you know, it? you know yes. the, the number one, the number one complaint that they say of Ouija boards is you don't know what you're calling it. So you tell me what the difference of that is. Is if you're on a Ouija board. And then uh, or you're out there with a recorder or a flashlight or or uh, a Xbox or whatever, and and you're asking the spirits the thing. It's the same thing. You don't know who you're calling in. So what's the difference? Well, the thing is, two of America's greatest parapsycho- uh, parapsychologists, ghost hunters, uh, demonologists, the Warrens, of course, you know, strongly uh, suggest that you shouldn't play with these evil devices. Ouija boards are evil. They let in evil spirits. You have no control over them. Um, you know, you need to be properly protected. You need to be properly trained in their use. Um, you know, they can be a dangerous thing, according to some. Are you, are you taking psychic precautions tonight, uh, uh, you know, with these experiments? Of course. I, I, I take precautions... Uh... Whenever I do ghost hunting, I do believe in protection, so I, I do do it. So I have no clue what's out there. 
Well, I just think that, you know, we... It's easy to dabble with these things. You, you buy them off the internet, you, you put the batteries in the planchette, mm-hmm. and, you know, heaven knows what you're letting in, letting yourself in for, and you've got to consider the members of the paranormal study group. You know, you could be putting them in danger. I don't think so. Anyways, uh, there has been some changes in the Ouija board, though. Really? And to give you an idea, and, and I brought this up on Wednesday's show, is that when you open the box now, and it says, what cigarettes will you unlock? Okay, that's in big print. But around it, in smaller print, it says, never use the Ouija board if you think it's just a game. Never use the Ouija board alone. Never use the Ouija board in a cemetery. Never use the plant, never leave the planchette on the Ouija board when you're not using it. And never forget to say goodbye to the Ouija spirits. So they have put in some uh, little uh, precautionary things in the <laughs> new Ouija board. They certainly seem to have put in a number of disclaimers that weren't in the, Sorry. <laughs> I think... I think me having a go at the Ouija board is just... Yeah. I think the spirits have, um, have just attacked me they there gotcha. for having to go at the Ouija board. They got me. Um, but, yeah, the first Ouija boards were actually sold with, with the instructions that you can use it alone, that you can contact the dead. There does seem to be an awful lot of disclaimers on the new version. So maybe they are That's right. dangerous. After, maybe they are dangerous after all. But well, don't we you have, know, they um, do recommend it for ages eight and up. So, I mean, you have to be at least a young adult, sort of. Don't we have, um, at Spirit Quest, a collector of Ouija boards coming? We do. We have uh, Jason uh, Robito, who, in fact, he's married to a, a witch, and uh, he has one of the largest collection of Ouija boards. Uh, my good friend... Robert Murch, as I always say, is the largest collection, but uh, they both know each other, and, and uh, he has a phenomenal collection, which will be on display at uh, Spirit Quest, which is October 4th or 6th up at the Haunted BZ Estate. So um, you can come in and actually see it. Mm-hmm. I, I will be there to see it, and uh, it's one of the things I'm looking forward to because, as you know, I have a... I, a small, a much smaller collection of Ouija boards, um, and an interest and in the. I have developed one myself. Uh, you've developed I have, one. I've actually developed one myself. Uh, does yours glow in the dark? So, anyways, I noticed. I have the glow in the dark. Of course, I do. But anyways, I noticed Ceiling Cat from the uh, Perex Chero says, "Hey, uh, Hasbro Corporation is not a minion of the devil." So there you go. We have a good, good. Uh, source that, that Hasbro is not the minion of the devil. Uh, speechless now. But I still think... What sort, of, <laughs> what sort of precautions do you take then? Because you you said you do. I, I obviously don't. I mean, for me, the Ouija board, let's be yeah. sensible now. The Ouija board, it is a piece of wood. It's a piece of cardboard. It has letters on it. The only way it could harm mm-hmm. you, in my belief, is if somebody picked it up and hit you over the head with it. Um, yeah, then it wouldn't hurt either. But, but what I said before, um, you know, I'm not decrying people's beliefs. A lot of people genuinely believe the boards to be evil, malevolent, that they are a portal to spirits or to to allow spirits evil spirits uh, good spirits through 
um, that can then mm-hmm. interfere with us. The, you know, the premise of the movie Paranormal Activity, the premise of the book and film The Exorcist are all based on the use of Ouija boards. And it's perfectly true. The Warrens did, uh, on many, many occasions, caution against their use um, and saying that they would open people up to demonic possession, demonic forces. So you do take precautions, Ron. Um, what sort of precautions... I do, I do. What sort of precautions would, does that involve? Because I don't. I, I have been involved with the Ouija board. I've used the Ouija board. And right. I take no precautions whatsoever, apart from making sure nobody hits me. Well, with I mean, that's, that's what you believe. And so, you know, you, that's, I respect that. If you don't want it, you don't want it. It's a free country. It's free will. But, uh, you know, I'm Catholic, so I believe in my Catholic religion. I certainly, uh, of course, I have the special blend, too, which is really the, uh, you know, the, the uh, what's the word, the Cadillac of protection, so. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have a bought, uh, uh, and for those who don't know, if you read my book, Ghost Chronicles, it, it's mentioned quite a few times, and the special blend is a, is a mixture of um, liquid sage, holy water, and Jack Daniels, so I use that all the time. Would, would my papal blessing count, then? Yeah, sure. Protect, no, why not? Would that protect me? Because I've got papal blessing from John Paul II and Benedict the Sixteenth. So uh, double, double uh, papal blessing. I think blessing? that's really good. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right. I then. think that's excellent for you. There you go. You know, I, I'll I give I, you a blessing too. It's not a problem. Well, there you but go. But you so know I'm what's protected. interesting is ceiling. Yeah, there you go. Ceiling cat uh, mentions that some people think the tarot cards are uh, evil too, and uh, it's true. Uh, some people do. It all depends on what you believe in. So, but you know, I mean, I mean, when well, you think about it, you know, that's a lot of people don't subject. like the Ouija because of the exorcist. But once again, if you're sitting there with an EVP or, or a recorder doing the same thing, you're inviting spirit. You're doing the same same thing a Ouija board does. So. It's it's not any more or less dangerous as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you've raised an interesting point there about the belief in the board being evil. Is that because people are told it's evil? Is that because, you know, rather like a curse, in order to curse somebody, you have to tell them first that they're cursed? Because I I know, I mean, I remember back 20 years ago, um, people reviled and revered the Ouija board. It was spoken about in hushed tones. It was, it was something to be generally avoided, um, and medium psychics wouldn't have anything very much to do with the Ouija board. Then, once it started appearing on TV, I noticed that the number of them for sale on, on eBay or available for general use uh, skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. And every paranormal group now doesn't seem to have any qualms about using Ouija boards or communication devices. Um, it, it's it's become part of the general ghost hunting kit um, to use the Ouija board. Well, so there has, in, in, there in some place in the United States, you have like a fifty. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what I say fifty fifty, but I don't know what the percentage is. There are a lot of people who will not use them still in the United States, and they still think they're evil. So. I mean, that's uh, it. Once again, it's what you believe in. So, uh, over here, they 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 are quite common on ghost hunts. Um, certainly, mm-hmm. the ones I've attended, and that, that's that's broadly across the United Kingdom. Um, I've seen them at, at pretty much all of them. 
and there are one or two people um, who, who are reluctant to go near them, and you know the, the more responsible groups ensure that they can go elsewhere within the location. But the vast majority of people are are you know f- seem to be perfectly comfortable um, around the Ouija board, and that that's a situation that's completely changed in the last. 15 years or so, um, certainly since they started appearing on so television. So what, what did Harry Price think of them? Uh, Price certainly made use of them, uh, and indeed some of his seances relating to Borley uh, were done using uh, Ouija board uh, in order to spell out names, or they were, but Price preferred uh, the more conventional table tapping, table tilting methods um, or automatic writing, but Price certainly did uh, involve himself in a number of seances where Ouija boards were used. He didn't seem to have a problem with them, and to the best of my ability, uh, knowledge of Price, um, Price himself never took any precautions. Although he always respected the precautions of the of the se- of the psychic or the medium that was performing the seance, um, but Price himself never took any active protection. Um, but certainly he was involved in seances where Ouija boards were, were used. Right. I mean, and uh, speaking about that, uh, you, when you come over here on uh, in September, that we will be doing a Harry Price ghost hunt at the Old Manson in Concord, Massachusetts, and we'll be doing it our Harry Price style, and that means we'll be ending up the night with a uh, seance, a Harry Price seance. Uh, well, Harry was one of the first. Um, he wasn't the first, but he was one of the first ghost hunters to bring to bring in what we would call the modern methods um, that we would recognise today on on any ghost hunt. The use of equipment to measure things, um, the use of teams, the dividing up into sessions. The whole general format of modern ghost hunting can be traced back to to, to Harry Price. And so, what we're going to be doing at uh, at the Mance is to is to allow people to step back into the into the shoes uh, of Harry Price and to experience the type of ghost hunting that was that started our hobby that that led to where we are today, uh, and that does include um, the use of seances um, and some of the techniques that we'll that we'll keep under wraps for the time being. But I'm sure people will enjoy. Uh, should we call it retro ghost hunting, uh, original ghost hunting, That's hardcore? A good way to put old, that. Hardcore old school ghost hunting. Right. The uh, I guess I like retro. Retro sounds cool. But uh, retro, retro ghost hunting. I've, and in fact, we're going to we're going to be bringing with us uh, from the UK some uh, one or two original artifacts associated with Harry Price uh, that people can uh, get up close with, can handle. Um, can involve themselves with so we may even be bringing with us i don't know in part the the spirit of harry um maybe he'll come through in one of the seances harry famously tried to contact another psychical researcher sir arthur conan doyle uh, at a seance uh so maybe during our seance at the manse we'll try and contact the spirit of harry price so if he'll come through and maybe communicate you, you know what's really interesting what you mentioned that something that, that's a good point, but you, you, you bring something up in, in, in the Bell Witch, which was probably the, the most famous haunting in, in Tennessee, is that uh, 
the Bell Witch uh, would would actually be able to communicate with people that came in. And one of the the uh, the persons that came in and the Bell Witch like was a a English uh, reporter, and mm-hmm. he was speaking with the Bell Witch in uh, Tennessee, and he said and she, the Bell Witch said, "Wouldn't you like to know what your family is doing now?" And then uh, he said, "Yes." In a few seconds, the Bell Witch disappeared, and then she came back again. And she spoke in the voice of his family and told him exactly what he was doing. So he was, you know, you know, it's nothing impossible if if the bell witch could go across the pond and see well, what his family was doing. And then there's also the very strong similarity between the bell witch case and one of Harry Price's own cases, that of Jeff the mongoose, the talking mongoose on the Isle of Man. Yeah, we've got to go into that. Um, I, I, there are a huge number of similarities that have been drawn between the, the cases of the Bell Witch and Jeff the Mongoose. Um, and, you know, Jeff, Jeff too could go off and report back the gossip and scandal from around the island. Um, and there were so many similarities between the two cases. So maybe, maybe, uh, you know what? Harry, maybe Harry will tell us what he thinks of modern ghost hunters. There you go. We'll find out. You know, and I wonder if maybe that was the same spirit. Uh, so that's that's an interesting possibility as well. So, anyways, that's the uh, the time to wrap it up. Uh, yep, yeah, Jeff the Mongoose. That's it. You go on the internet and look him up. He's uh, a wolf famous mongoose, I guess. Spelled G. So, anyways, G E F. So there you go. So, anyways. Uh, I guess it's time to wrap it up. I want to thank you so much. Uh, we want to thank uh, Linda from the Niagara Ghost Walks for joining us, and uh, of course, Fowler for another Beyond Bizarre. So, till next week, and uh, tune in tomorrow night for Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation. Till then, good night, God bless. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.